Good morning, folks. There's some news coming out of court this morning. The Linda Fricky trial, you were recalled. She, the 73-year-old Linda Fricky uh, was killed last year in Mid-City. Uh, it turns out that three of the four teenagers are being uh, reported as having pled guilty to second-degree murder. That's what they were charged with and face life in prison if convicted. Brenia Baker, 17, Lanira uh, Teofile 16, Markel Curtis 16. It's being reported by NOLA.com that they will all serve 20 years uh, for the killing. The lone uh, defendant left, 18-year-old John Honore, um, yet to hear any reports as to uh, his status uh, this morning coming out of court. And if there's more information uh, we'll break that. That's being reported by NOLA.com. Jillian Kramer, um, hot off the presses this morning. Got a great lineup for you today. We're going to visit with Guy Williams, president of Gulf Coast Bank and Trust. We'll talk about holiday scams. We'll talk about the cracks in the labor market. Government shutdown postponed for the moment. Then we'll talk with Mark Morgan, senior uh, fellow with Fair and former acting director of ICE and Customs and Border Positions. We'll get the Latest in the yearly numbers, you'll recall the federal budget year ends uh, October. Uh, so we'll talk about that and we'll get the uh, the numbers there. Plus, the, um, the governor in the state of Texas is about to sign some interesting legislation. And we'll find out whether or not, uh, whether there are any problems with that. Joe Geruso, New Orleans District A council member, uh, we'll provide the latest on the Wisner Trust. And there's been some action by the Louisiana Supreme Court, and we'll talk about that this morning as well. But joining us now is Kassan Corbin, Director of the Sewage and Water Board. Kassan, welcome to the show. Good morning, you. So, Kassan, we have made it through the saltwater intrusion days of our journey and our saga in the Sewage and Water Board. I don't know what else is coming y'all's way. I don't, I don't know what else is coming y'all's way, but nonetheless, uh, it looks like we can breathe, breathe a sigh of relief for now, right? Well, we certainly can, and the silver lining about this whole uh, crisis or near, near crisis is that we've learned so much about what we need to do to mitigate that uh, scenario when it happens again. Um, so we feel like we are probably a good month ahead of where we were when this first thing started in terms of uh, lining up contractors, knowing exactly what we need to do and when to do it. So uh, nothing is, I guess, nothing is lost in terms of that, that experience, and we're happy how it turned out this year. Kasana, y'all uh, still considering moving forward with a permanent solution? Uh, we certainly are. That... Okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, in, in terms of the uh, interim in or uh, intermediate solution, that's always a, a driver uh, or driven or by the timing of that. So if this happens again tomorrow, we will have to do an interim solution, unfortunately, because our facility does not have the capability of removing salt from the water. So what I'm hoping to do is, because of the attention we received at uh, you know highest level of, of government from the White House and FEMA and EPA, I'm trying to expedite our master plan for our water quality and look at ways 
technology that we can bring to our plant and overhaul it in such a way that we can do emerging contaminants, you know, the forever chemicals that are coming our way in terms of regulations, uh, possibly, possibly of a, some hybrid solution that allows us to tackle some salinity in the water but not have a desal plan because that's an extremely uh, expensive technology. It requires a lot of power because what you do, you have to push water through very, very fine membranes, and that requires a lot of energy. So um, we're, luckily we have a strong team now on, uh, on board who has uh, not only national but also international experience who can bring us uh, you know, best practices, and hopefully we'll, we'll let, you know, get a plan put together that we can hopefully uh, present to the our federal partners and hopefully we can get some funding and expedite that to avoid spending uh, money for interim solutions, which, as, as you know, we were looking at spending $250 million for probably what would have been a couple months and the willingness at, uh, on FEMA's part and GOSAP from the state was there in terms of funding us. So I'm trying to, you know, kind of turn that table around and see if we can focus on getting some of that money uh, toward a permanent solution. Yeah, it seems as though that um, a number of folks are saying that this possibly is something that could be uh, a, a more frequent occurrence. And I guess that creates pause, right? Absolutely. I mean, the, the all indication that this is, I mean, you, you don't know. It's its all about uh, weather and mother nature. Call it climate change if you want to. Whatever it is, it is going to happen again. I mean, drought is not that uh, unusual for our country, but it does happen. I think it was the duration and the scale of it is what impacted us so negatively this year, uh, just a record low uh, river levels. And uh, we don't know when it's going to happen, but it's likely to happen again. We're hoping that it will wait till we have a permanent solution, which would be ideal, but nobody can count on that in any certain way. We're visiting with Ghassan Corbin, director of the Sewage and Water Board. Ghassan, um I guess this rain was welcomed, right? Because typically when we go into a, a bout of a drought, uh, the water table gets all screwed up and, and a lot of the major water uh, lines end up breaking. Um, and I know that's throughout, that's not unique to New Orleans, that's throughout the southeast, Louisiana. Um, how difficult was this drought relative to uh, water mains? Well, it, it was noticeable, but not, I wouldn't call it a, a uh, of any major scale. I mean, we we were able to respond to probably an uptick in, in water mains and uh, breaks and what have you. But uh, but we certainly are, you know, the recent rain has have helped. And then uh, what's projected uh, later today and tomorrow hopefully will we'll add some more uh, moisture in the ground, replenish the groundwater, and uh, I think it would be good uh, as long as you know the intensity doesn't overwhelm our capacity. I think we'll be in good shape, and uh, until it happens, you really don't know um, how how it's going to impact. Hopefully, it's all good.
and welcomed. So we're excited. We're, we're <laughs> I never thought I would say that, but we're kind of excited <laughs> about some rain. <laughs> <laughs> Neither would I, but I caught myself the other day saying it, you know, several yeah. times because you kind of get spoiled when the weather is pretty much the same every day, right? <laughs> there are people that move to areas of the country that, that seek that out. Absolutely. Um, recently, there was a Fox 8 report on water testing protocols, and uh, it seems as though some of the employees decided that they were not going to do that. Um, where do we stand in the course of that investigation? Well, I have to tell you, it's, it's kind of a constant reminder that we are as good as our worst employee and you know we put trust in, in them to do their jobs and you know vast vast majority of them do just that uh, it's just the few who let us down and let let the community and our customers down it was like a punch in the gut we're very thankful for uh, the coverage to be honest with you that, that this was brought to light um now I'm more aware of technology that can help us do more monitoring and tracking. Uh, not not cheap, but uh, we're definitely um, uh, pushing hard to uh, equip ourselves with better tracking uh, mechanisms and more analytics to uh, put coupled uh, you know sets of data together and look for those anomalies and and uh, uh, find a way to uh, obviously avoid them or erase them completely. Uh, we're installing more uh, cameras uh, in our vehicles. Uh, we're gonna. Uh, we have a GPS system that uh, is meant to you know help us with a variety of uh, issues, whether it's tracking, whether it's documenting what may have happened during an accident and such. Um, and we're going to try to elevate the positions and the certification involved involving the actual testers to uh, you know bring a, a higher caliber folks to to do just that um it, again it's it's not not a good story by any means it's a letdown uh it, it does feel like a setback in the time where we're trying to gain public trust it does erode uh, the public trust, and we just have to kind of, you know, push hard and regain and um, um, improve the way we do things. Um, we're we're work, talking and working very closely with LDH, which is our regulatory agency, and making sure that whatever uh, we do is uh, sat beyond satisfactory. Um, we're certainly looking at uh, bringing discipline and uh, severe discipline to the people who are involved um, and just overall looking for a silver lining and then improve how we do things for the betterment of the, not just the process, the quality of the water and ultimately the trust of our uh, customers. Kasana, I, I can appreciate your frustration having managers uh, not as many folks as you, maybe as many as 1,700 at some point in time. And these those moments where you wake up that morning, and I know exactly what you mean when you say a punch in the gut. There were those kind of shock the conscience type of events, though, that occurred that in, 
in our organization, we looked at whether or not there was the likelihood or the possibility of charging our employees criminally. These individuals obviously have been uh, guilty or participated in injuring of a public record. Has that ever, has that conversation been had? Is, have you ever thought about it? Because you know as well as I, changing culture is hard. And until there is really significant ramifications other than just job action, sometimes that's what it takes to wake people up, that we're, that the organization is serious. They're not putting up with this anymore. Uh, I could not agree more, and we're certainly uh, having those discussions and looking at uh, what uh, – possibilities look like uh, again talking to LDH um, uh, considering criminal charges is definitely on the table um, and we obviously will keep you posted but it's, it's certainly something that we feel is going to impact uh, not only culture and behavior and just uh, bring more accountability to uh, our, our employees, this, this reminds me of just a recent, about a week or so, um, a case that if you remember, the top uh, manager at, in our plumbing department that who was basically cheating the system and making money on our time, and uh, the case has been closed, so not only he was criminally charged, but also uh, we made a, an official request for restitution, and we were able to gain a significant amount of money for to make us not necessarily make us whole, but to make a point and uh, make him feel uh, pain in terms of what he's done uh, to us and to our customers for years. So we're, we're serious about holding people uh, as accountable as w- whatever the, the law allows us to do. We're going to pursue it. Yeah, but I know you get it, obviously, how important it is, the, the, the level of service and, and the actual service that's being provided, good, clean, quality water, right? And any time that someone takes a shortcut, I I mean, I, I just, I, I, I never forget, I'd sit there at my desk and I'd just be completely mystified. They beg you for a job, they want a job, you hire them, and then they don't do the job. It's like, well, what's up with that? <laughs> you know, it's like... Absolutely, yeah. I mean, know, our... Our 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 industry. I mean, there's really literally no room for error. And when this happens, it just you know puts you on your heels. We've done uh, more analytics to make sure that you know we are 100% certain that the water is is clean, is is of good quality, and indeed it is. Despite you know this this uh, incident and these behaviors, uh, did not change the quality of the water at all. We just uh, we verified it and we're we're very uh confident that our water is safe i just want to make sure that uh your audience hear that uh from, directly from yeah me. that that's when you're thankful that everyone else is doing what they're supposed to do and adhering to the protocols right because there there are multiple levels of redundancy relative to that testing correct exactly exactly the the, the process and the production of the water was never compromised Actually, that's why we test to make sure we are delivering what we're producing, and uh, uh, it's just it's a it's a quality assurance versus yeah. quality control, which happens at the at the front end of the process. And uh, while you know in some instances that lacked, 
the overall process proved that you know the water throughout the city is, is safe and I, I drink it every day yep as do i all right, let's uh, get to a break. 504-260-1870 on the Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk and Text Line. We're visiting with Gassan Corbin, the director of the Sewage and Water Board. We'll be right back, folks. Stay with us. Welcome back, folks. We're visiting with Gassan Corbin, director of the Sewage and Water Board. Uh, Gassan was looking to uh, hear if there's an update on electronic meters. Well, yes. Thank you for that question. Uh, we are uh, proceeding and tracking very well. Um, we had started with uh, larger meters uh, or larger size meters, and we have done uh, around maybe 150 of those, although that number doesn't seem high. It is significant in terms of the, the large meter uh, population. Uh, we've rolled out, uh, we call it soft rollout for the residential uh, to make sure that everything that we're doing is um, according to plan and according to our design, and uh, we had we're focusing on how the meters would interface with uh, existing softwares to produce an accurate build. So we're working through all of that, uh, but it's tracking, and we're very excited, uh, and we're going to sl- slowly but surely add more crews to add, obviously, the installation rates per day to about 4,000 at one point, probably end of next uh, first quarter of next year. So, um, so yeah, we're, we're doing very well, and we're hoping at the end of the, the, uh, the first quarter of next year we'll have more substantial results in what that means to our uh, customers and what have you. And, and that's the beauty is that we're going to enjoy the benefit uh, the smaller part, you know, small route, one route at a time, rather than having to install all of them and then turn the switch on. So um, tracking well and very excited about it. Kassan, how important is that to the analytics of the overall system? I mean, I guess there's data that you're, you will be able to derive from this that will tell you about the efficiency of the system and things of that nature. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's going to be beneficial on many, many fronts. One of them is the accuracy of uh, the consumption. So the new meters will be 100% accurate. In terms, they will register what it, what goes through the meter and what you're using uh, versus the the current uh, older meters. Although we, you know, we replace some of them on ongoing basis, but the, the large amount of the population is very, uh, very old, and they end up, because they're mechanical versus the new ones, which are digital, they have a lot of moving parts, and there is some degradation of quality of the registration on these meters, so they under under register, and then basically we are under uh, billing folks for for what the water they use. So that's going to be... in a sense, it will correct some of the what we call the water loss that we suffer from. As you know, we're at close to 50%. So we make twice as much water as we use. But this this correction with the new meters hopefully will uh, help us uh, capture some water that's actually indeed being used but hasn't been uh, documented, if that makes sense. So that's yeah. one major benefit for, for the new system. Uh, we're going to have uh, leak detectors in, in some of them. 
to allow us to detect. I mean, all of them will be able to show a spike in consumption uh, that it could not be explained. So that would alert you as a customer instantly that there's something happening in your water consumption that is, does not jive with the routine or historic consumption. So that will allow you to check your uh, maybe the, your to- toilet, so your, it's not running, uh, if there's a leak that maybe you can get to it sooner. So that hopefully will help avoid these uh, unnecessarily higher bills because of these situations and then get, get us all in a better place where we're, u- we're using less water than, uh, than we do now. Um, there's some uh, other uh, features in some of the meters will we'll show, will have tamp- tamper proof. Uh, so we'd be alerted if somebody tampers with the uh, smart meter and will will uh, then uh, uh, initiate a process where we go out and check what's going on. Um, so that, again, there's just a few of the benefits that um, our customers will enjoy through a, a, their own uh, access, their own portal that they can sign up for and um, manage the consumption of, the, you know, their water consumption on a daily basis. I got to imagine, too, and, may, may, and I'll ask the question this way, excuse me. Um, with these analytics, when you're saying you're doing it region by region that y'all have identified, uh, will that play into the priority as it, it when when you find leakage uh, if there's areas that have something that's completely outside of the norm does will that go into the priority set of where the repairs will be made first uh, well the I mean the and simple answer is yes it's gonna help drive those decisions on a daily basis because uh, as you probably could uh, imagine we have more issues that we can tackle on a daily basis. That's why we have a yeah. backlog. And this will definitely help us prioritize based the amount of leakage, uh, where it is, how long it, it has been. So, yeah, yes, it will definitely help us make better decisions uh, on behalf of our customers. Yeah. Um, as we approach the end of 2023 here in, in just a several weeks what would you say were the major accomplishments for the sewage and water board in 2023 well certainly uh, the, the the project we just talked about the smart meters getting it off the ground as you know that's been talked about for over 17 years where we initiated a pilot that long ago and it stalled and the the, the problem was the funding you know it's an expensive project and there's some philosophies that say you have to have the entire amount in hand before you can start a project. Well, clearly that does not work for us, uh, and we would have never started this project. So we started with, you know, uh, we took a chance, but we were confident that once you start a project uh, that is so much needed that the funding will, will follow, and that's exactly what, what's happening. So it's, it's moving forward. We're committed. We have a significant or substantial amount of funding that will allow us to uh, keep the momentum going. Uh, we're looking for uh, additional funding to make sure we have we have it fully funded, uh, kind of progr- progressively or, or you know one one year at a time. So we're very confident and very very proud that this project uh, took off. And the other 
accomplishment, I feel, is the power complex. Um, it, it's tracking very, very nicely. Uh, the funding, you know, we had a hiccup uh, earlier this year, but we overcame it. We were able to get enough money to keep the momentum going and get us to juggle the funding around to make sure that we have a usable operational uh, system in 2025 for the hurricane season. Um, so that's, you know, that's a major, major project. Again, it's been talked about for years, and uh, it's finally here. Um, the other project that is probably that doesn't get a lot of uh, attention or, or exposure is what we're calling is the people plan. It's a plan that uh, we're working on with our employees to look for how we can better improve our HR, our relationship with civil service, what alternatives to civil service might exist out there that might be attractive to our employees and allow them to choose that alternative versus uh, civil service. So we're probably a year away from that uh, decision point, but we're very excited that employees are appreciating that, hey, something else, another model might be better for us in terms of flexibility, hiring, uh, compensation, promotions, anything that they kind of struggle today with the structured and maybe not as uh, flexible of a system. So uh, very, very excited about that. That could certainly be a legacy project for the, for the utility uh, if, if it happens. And hopefully create stability, right? I mean, that's what it's about at the end of the day in your workforce. Absolutely. Absolutely. You and I talked previously uh, about the ebbs and the flows of this, and it's just anybody knows that it's incredibly hard to manage and keep this thing going if you don't have mm -hmm. consistency in the workforce. Absolutely. we got to attract uh, and train and retain uh, our our folks, you know, invest in them, and then make them part of our long-term vision of high-quality, high-caliber workforce that work for the utility. Yeah. I got a text here. Uh, I'll ask the question. It says, please ask the director, why does Orleans, why, why does Orleans Parish not drill a well for their water intake like parishes do on the North Shore and in Mississippi? Well, it certainly was an option long ago before the decision was made to use surface water, meaning the mighty Mississippi, which, you know, until recently we've taken it for granted and we probably continue to with maybe a little bit more caution. But the, the uh, groundwater is not always a, the best option. Um, a lot of the chemistry of it, the uh, believe it or not, how salty it is, uh, is a major consideration uh, to, uh, I guess, make it less attractive as an option. Uh, we know that uh, the water does exist. We actually looked at that as a temporary option uh, during the saltwater intrusion and all the, the indication that it would take a lot of work and new technology to be able to uh, purify that water and make it uh, safe and drinkable. So um, other, you know, parts of the, the, the state and beyond use groundwater because that's the only option they have. And it's not always cheap. 
and it takes you know, again uh, you can't just switch a source of water without changing how you treat it and the technology yeah. that you currently have so it's not an overnight thing and uh, I think the, the Mississippi continues to be uh, a superior alternative for us and uh, even with some of the you know challenges that we can certainly overcome will continue to be our go-to source of water for a long time. Yeah, I mean, when you look back over the last 100 years, we haven't really been presented with that many challenges by having water intake from the Mississippi, right? I mean, it's, that is correct. it's almost I mean, that's why safe we cannot... to say it's been rare. Yes, yes, and we do take it for granted. And, you know, it was a reminder, saltwater intrusion is a reminder that, you know, you have to be careful and you have to be ready to be uh, more ad- you know, adapting of circumstance and you have to think. So now anything that we do and invest in has to uh, expect or, or uh, struggling with the right word in terms of anticipate rather what might, uh, what we might face in the future. And now so certainly salinity in water, uh, low levels for, for, for certain, and then higher Regulation in terms of what this bring what what this river is bringing us in terms of uh, PFAS or the the emerging contaminants, so we are ready to serve again the city at a better quality um, for the next fifty years and beyond. Yep. All right, we got to get to a break. We're visiting with Kassan Corbin, director of the Sewage and Water Board. We will be right back, folks. Stay with us. Welcome back, folks. We are visiting with Kassan Corbin, director of the Sewage and Water Board. We've been talking about some of the challenges and the major accomplishments of 2023. Going into 2024, I guess, uh, Kassan, the biggest challenges would be the continuation of a number of these multi-year projects that y'all have undertaken. Oh, absolutely. And obviously, we're committed to keeping the momentum and delivering on these projects. Um, This does obviously highlight the need for additional funding. And while we're doing well on many fronts, uh, you know, drainage continues to be probably our weakest uh, link. It's by far one of the most important services we provide to the city. And it relies on, as you know, millages um, that uh, we attempted to roll forward, uh, you know, without um, success. And we totally understand the challenges that our customers are facing and the community are facing with so many uh, rising costs on a variety of fronts. And uh, while we were disappointed, we were not surprised, but we're also hoping that this uh, opens up the dialogue for a long-term, uh, more equitable and fair uh, uh, fee structure that allows us to increase our revenue without burdening the people who currently contribute to this, supporting the drainage system, while bringing on uh, many, many other users in the city who gets the benefit of uh, our drainage system without paying a penny. Uh, right. Something just doesn't sound right about that, of course. And in, uh, I think the, the time is right. There's enough appetite on uh, a lot of lot of folks' minds. And I know the city council have signaled that they're interested in having that conversation. So um, my job is moving forward to 
present them with a couple alternatives for their consideration and uh, allowing them to modify it as, as, as policymakers to, uh, again, bring new money um, that's much needed uh, from users who uh, don't contribute at, at all to the benefit that they get from us. So uh, we're hopeful that that will, will happen sometime soon. Kassan, we got a new governor. He takes office first week of January. He has set up a transition committee, the New Orleans Committee. If he could grant three wishes for you of assistance, what would you ask him for? Oh, goodness. Um, well, we're hoping to have a, a good relationship with the governor, of course, and uh, all signs so far is that he is interested in uh, helping the Sewage and Water Board. Uh, I hear it from a lot of folks who are in contact with the governor. Uh, certainly the capital outlay uh, money that we were not able to uh, gain this year. There's about $29 million that remain uh, that we're hoping that it would move from P5 to P1, priority uh, 5 to priority 1, so we're able to access it next year and allow us to finish the water com- the, the power complex in a you know, much more effective and efficient way. Um, certainly attention to uh, water quality uh, and maybe let service line replacements. That's going to be a major initiative for us uh, in, in 24, uh, an important task for us to remove lead from the ground and from the water. Uh, so we're counting on the state's um, partnership and help uh, for certain. Um and the last one would really be an overall um, assessment of the current governance and what, what we can do to make it more streamlined and more traditional and consistent with other utilities. As you, again, you know from the BGR report, we are, we are under a very unique uh, uh, governance That's one structure. Way of where we it. have a <laughs> we have a, we have a board of directors. We have city council. We have the state. I mean, there's just a, a lot of people that have to be aligned for us to do good things for for the utility in the city. So I'm hoping a, a genuine, honest conversation take place and f- do a a, a major uh, uh, overhaul and make it long term, not just you know the most recent. Uh, I would call it tweaking of this and that that really has not amounted to anything uh, of significance. Right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. We know that you're busy. Uh, please have a incredible Thanksgiving holiday uh, for you and your family, and uh, we appreciate what you do, and thanks again. Thank you so much. You too. Bye-bye. All righty, folks, that's Kassan Corbin, the director of the Sewage and Water Board. We will be right back after the break. This is Newell on WWL. Welcome back, folks. Dawn Busters, Kiwanis, they sold out the fried turkeys on Friday during our show, so we thank all of our listeners for participating. They still have hams available, though, boar's head hams, five-and-a-half-pound ham glazed only $45, Give them a shout. Pick up as Wednesday as well. Let's get out there and sell all those hams. It goes to a great cause, folks. <laughs> 